I'm Stephen Jack Butala. And I'm Jill DeWitt. And this is the Lane Academy Show from the road. <laughs> Sorry, I had to just throw that in there. <laughs> this is episode number 1957. And today we are talking about the land component of affordable housing. It's a, a in-depth discussion uh, that we had in the most recent uh, Career, career Path, path alumni. alumni call. And then Jill's going to talk about the role of marketing in this, uh, what we call modern land flipping uh, you know, currently. What how, I do now is do not now. what I was doing five years ago. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be cool. I want to say, too, for a few minutes, like, we're coming to you from the road. We happen to be in Colorado. And if you could, you could just imagine, as I look, as I look at the camera and I shift my eyes about four inches to the left over the monitors that I'm looking at, it is the most dreamy, beautiful, tree-lined blue sky view it's what 70 degrees today so we were on our bikes all day yesterday we had to chase we had to race home did not get in the rain yesterday and it was so flipping fun we're in durango by the time this is uh airs we will not be true and we'll be out of uh, u-ray also we're we're going up the million dollar million dollar highway in our new rv new to us rv right uh, over the next week. Exactly. We're loving it. This I is... just installed this studio today. So we'll see if it works, but I'm pretty happy with myself. We'll see if it works. I'm generally not happy with myself, and I'm pretty happy with myself right now. <laughs> Why are you generally? I'm the opposite. I, I roll around like I am generally happy with myself, but if nobody else, if that's... nobody else is, I don't care. I'm happy with myself. That's why this works. I Jill. can look like. I don't know what. I'm, I could be a disaster going down the street, but I might feel really good about myself. Your strange, really uh, your strange, unwarranted positivity <laughs> uh, offsets my uh, eternal negativity. So we're always at zero. Do you know what's really nice? You know, a lot of <laughs> negative people say, "Oh no, I'm not negative. I'm a realist." You don't say that. No. <laughs> it's uh, it's really kind of funny. Exactly. I just want to add that. You know, this is us. This is us on the road. We're going to be on the road for months now, you guys. This is our first podcast on this trip. So this is number one of how many weeks? We should start keeping, we should put that in there, keep track of. It's episode 1957, but it's episode one of this, um, what am I trying to say? This particular outing. And our outing might be eight weeks. It might be 12 weeks. It might be 20 weeks depending how today goes. <laughs> so you never know uh, how, how this is going to end. But I just want to add the whole point I'm trying to make is I'm buying and selling land all over the country, right? I'm not standing there. I'm not going there. I'm not seeing it. I'm not doing anything like that. Why do I have to stay in any one state or any one country? I love this thought, this yeah. methodology. I want to hit this home to all of you. If you want the flexibility of, hey, if you're tired of going to office, I understand, you know, and you want to be your own boss and have your own life, like, we got that licked. This is a good gig. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't so much uh, that we couldn't do it before. Mm-hmm. It was just, we had children at home and, and uh, there's just a School. lot of things. Jill has a, it's a good time to bring up Land Academy ladies. Mm-hmm. You, you just had your Land Academy ladies discussion and... Mm-hmm. I think you guys talked a little bit about, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. Don't let it. Don't let it. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I can't leave. Really? Think about it. It's summer. Kids are out of school. Why can't you? 
We can. You can. Each week on the show, we answer questions from our Land Academy member Discord forum. We review land acquisitions from our weekly member webinars, and we take a deep dive into two land-related topics by popular request. I just mentioned those. If you want a sneak peek of our Discord forum, go to landacademy.com. It's free and read-only format. By the way, too, if you would like us to answer your question or you would like some help getting involved uh, with our community, just text us, 480-530-7383. We read all the texts, and your question just might be answered here on our next podcast. Like these two that we're doing today, by the way. These are questions that were texted in. So Stephen wrote, I have a question about the possible upcoming recession. I heard you guys saying it in the last recession, you were really affected when land transactions really slowed down. I was wondering what advice you have for full-time investors if we're experiencing something similar over the next six to 12 months. So that's, uh, first of all, these two recessions are crazy different when it comes to real estate. Mm -hmm. The last one was called the Great Recession for a reason. And it um, did nothing short of bring Jill and I to our knees it was a terrible, terrible time in my professional life and in Jill's too. And we got ourselves out of it because we adjusted with the time, but uh, by no means were we in a, in a comfortable place. This recession is largely um, inflationary. The last one was, it was uh, mortgage and banking driven. So mm -hmm. it caused a lot of foreclosures and subprime mortgages and it caused, it was real estate based worldwide. Uh, starting in New York. This one, it's not the case. It's not real estate based. Uh, it's not mortgage based. It's, 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 it was caused largely by, uh, I think, COVID. And so what we're about to experience, if we do at all, in the next six to 12 months is uh, higher interest rates, which means, uh, you know, combating inflation. So where, where you're really going to see it in this recession is at the grocery store. And uh, if you finance something like a car. Mm -hmm. And you have house. real control over both of those things. You have a lot less control over housing and, and uh, accidentally signing a bad mortgage, which is, we didn't sign a bad mortgage, but nobody was buying real estate. Mm -hmm. And so we had all this real estate. So we had to come up, and when I say we, I mean Jill, came up with a, a very creative idea to take the existing inventory they had, which, by the way, we paid way under value for, mm -hmm. and liquidate it as we needed it, and to buy a new New, new product. That's really what happened. That's we, true. We adjusted and then we went out and bought because it was so much lower priced. Right. That's some amazing inventory. So as a full-time investor, number one thing I would say, buy for cash. So then you're not affected. I'm, who cares what the interest rates are? You paid cash for it. And there's a lot of people out there that are going to need the dough. You're going to get some better deals. So that's what we're finding. You know, I'm still trying to like, I want to be cash heavy right now so I can buy these great deals as they come along. Um, and so, and often too, like, this is an interesting conversation. I just had a deal fall through this week, um, actually yesterday, because the it was a seventy-something thousand dollar property, so it's not a lot of money. But um, in the scheme of things, let's just say with the deals I'm doing, but these people couldn't qualify. They could not qualify for the loan. It had nothing to do with the property because it's still it's worth like ninety or a hundred. Um, they just couldn't. So we're back. We just put it back, but. Here's the thing. We had a backup offer, which was better anyway, for $75,000 cash. Here we come. So now we're okay. It's working out better yeah. in the end. So you're going to be buying for cash and selling for cash. And the right people out there are just looking for the deals. Maybe you don't three times your money, maybe two and a half times your money. I think you're going to be just fine. I mean, That's you're still in, in regards to the land business, 
your sales might slow down. But the way to look at it is you're going to be buying property che uh, cheaper. You know, nothing really has changed for us since this whole thing started. Right. Uh, in fact, COVID really kicked our business up from an acquisition and a sales standpoint. Right. What will be affected, make no mistake, is commercial real estate. Yeah. And so if you own a bunch of highly leveraged office buildings, then We're you're, all probably watching not, that. you're probably not watching this show or listening to it. Hmm. Because you're crying in crying. your Cheerios somewhere. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> this is about land, not... Yeah. You know, this is not Office Building Academy. And there's a reason for that. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually funny. This is not classy this... strip mall academy. Wait. I hate to say it, but the, the Office Building Academy would be... Our first thing would be a suicide hotline. <laughs> I hate to say this. I'm oh, my so... God. That's not funny. I know. It it's not funny. I just... Like... <laughs> <laughs> First of all, don't do anything crazy. Next. <laughs> Sorry. Joe's absolutely right. If you are buying, we buy property for 20% of probably what it's worth on average, maybe less for cash. It's really hard to get hurt in any situation yeah. if that's what you're doing. Even 30. I'm good with 30. Just in general, 25, yeah. 30, 20 to 30%. You got this. Today's first topic is called the land component of affordable housing. So uh, re earlier this week, we had every month we have what we call our career path alumni uh, call. Mm -hmm. And it happens every month on the first Tuesday of the month. Mm -hmm. And it's everybody who's ever been through the, or the career path uh, program that Jill and I hand, which is kind of like the advanced one-on-one um, -on -one sessions that we have. It's an eight-week program that we do twice a year and uh so everybody that's ever been graduated from that program is on that call and and we had a very lengthy and really intelligent discussion about affordable housing so affordable housing is defined as in any given market there's an average amount of money that's made and in every, any given market there's an average cost to buying houses or the cost to live depending on how you define it. Could be the rental cost for an apartment, could be you know, the, the payment on a uh, single family residence. It all gets put together. A mobile home. And one is gener generally higher than the other. Um, you know, the cost of housing is either higher than the average wage when you look at the payment every month or the other. So at 100, if the index is at 100, then the world is perfect. And, and you, the average wage first earner household can afford the average price well that's not happening right now what's happening is the wages are lower and the cost of housing is going up as that percentage it's according to the index i don't care how you about, feel about this politically or don't feel about it those that's just the math mm -hmm. so we all know that we can all take a step back and look that if i at what i earn right now today i couldn't afford to live at fill in the blank we all that's we all understand right so that's Another way to say that. So somebody in we'll our uh, group, I won't name their name, although this, I have nothing but positive things to say. Uh, he said, why can't we, as a society, figure out how to manufacture houses the same way we manufacture cars? Stamp the stuff out, put it on an assembly line, make Agreed. it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And I couldn't agree more. So why doesn't that happen? Because of the variable of land. So land cost, generally, the more attractive places that anybody wants to live, the land's more expensive and it's more scarce. So now you're messing with raw supply and demand. You have a huge demand for very expensive land. So the cheaper, even if you put a very inexpensive product, slap it right down on there, 
it's it's not apples to oranges if if you put that same actual let's call it an f-150 you put that f-150 right on top of a rural piece of property then to add on top of that where you're going to get water uh if you're living in california water is a real issue you've got municipalities telling you what type of product and project only stick built homes here yeah maybe we'll let you um install some manufactured housing but we have to approve it we've got to connect the sewer that might cost twenty eight thousand dollars in california and thirteen dollars in detroit and so permits so there's a huge huge variable when it comes to land itself Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes in affordable housing one of the remedies for that is adus accessory uh, dwelling units where you slap it in the backyard or Mm -hmm. of so you already own a piece of you already own a house that's on a lot you drop one of these things down and connect it to the existing utilities and you remove a tremendous number of variables and so that's a very viable um option mm-hmm. to to move toward that f-150 model off the assembly line but enter politics you know True. there's some communities that love the idea of putting a couple adus in the backyard los angeles is one of them for what reason i'm not sure because los angeles is extremely crowded they do but they don't there's just there's a lot of issues that are yeah it's not just a car where you can it's not a truck where you drop it down in uh in Missouri and you drop it down in Northern California and it's just about the same. I'm frustrated. Like places like California, let's just say it, they have opposing rules. Like they'll change the zoning for, for really like, Oh, we want everybody to have up to four units on their property or even just two, whatever it is. They'll just automatically cross the board, pick chunks of areas and change the zoning that they can allow this yet. Then the permitting things uh, go against it. And then the parking allowances go against it. There's all these opposing things. It's almost like you can't, it's it's so hard to untangle. Jill's exactly right. Yeah. What, what, Jill's, what she's saying is there's a tremendous number of variables in LA city right. versus let's say Hermosa Beach, which is in LA County. And now you've got a different set of rules all over adjacent the to each other right? versus, you know. Are we pro or against this today? I guess I'm not sure where we're going. I'm neither. Oh, okay, and got I, it. I was neither, and I know what I am personally. Okay. I, but I'll tell you, oh, I'm all glad right. you brought that up. So like, where, just, where are we going with this? I mean, so I that's feel all like the I math, and those are the variables, and that's it. Undermine your positiveness. What Jill's, <laughs> what Jill's getting at is, uh, in our day, yeah, uh, and certainly every single generation before us, if you can't afford it, then go somewhere else. Move where you can. You don't look at statistics and say, well, I live in an unaffordable area. Yeah, you do because you can't afford it. You need to get another job or do I something did, else. Uh, we did a podcast probably a year ago, maybe more, when this whole affordable housing thing used to be a, an, you know, affordable housing is a huge topic right now. So right. I did a, a show called Affordable Escalades. Huh. Since we're comparing cars. Right. If you can't afford an Escalade, you don't whine about it. True. You just buy a cheaper car or you buy a used one. True. And this is, you have the same options with housing. If you can't afford where you want to live, which is my entire life, ex- ex- excluding right now, right. I can actually afford where I want to live. Then I, I live somewhere else. True. So there's a huge whine. What Jill's getting at is there's a massive whining component to this instead of just actually doing something about it. I don't get a better job if you want to live there. Well, okay, hold on a moment. I don't, I'm not saying there's whining, but there's just like oh, no, opposing. St- okay, you <laughs> Okay, good. But here's how I was thinking of this. So the, how I see affordable housing in our world is, you know, there's a lot of places you can go and a lot of things that you can do that are very affordable. Um, 
there's there you know the tiny house thing is still not done i still think there's a buzz for tiny house. it's quieted down though have you noticed yeah it's not like everybody's all excited like they were everybody when it first well, came out not that fun to live in 100 square feet every single person said i want a tiny house i'm gonna do this it's so cute isn't this great look at my boyfriend and i and our kid and our two dogs or whatever it is i'm like really you're all living in that thing <laughs> you know and we only need a four by eight you know or something it's that that has worn off but but legislature doesn't necessarily make it easy which makes they it make bad. it harder they do but the beautiful thing is there's places that are. This is this is my thing. If you're trying to do this in San Francisco, mm, maybe a little difficult. However, maybe you're somewhere in Texas. There's a lot of places in this country that are beautiful, that are uh, way more tax friendly, that have a lot less regulations, that you really can afford to have a nice life. I think what's bringing this up is too, is what we're doing right now. So we leave Arizona, we're going to Colorado. We're in Colorado, right? We're all over Colorado. There are even parts of where we are right now. We're like, why, why is this bad? This like, I mean, come on. I'm not in Denver. I don't want to be in Denver, by the way. You can drive not too far, have a nice life, and it's a lot less expensive and beautiful. And people, so we're driving around the country, you know, for the mm -hmm. next several months. And most of the times we keep saying, what's wrong with this? Look, you like, know. We're saying you, that right now in Durango. Yeah. I mean. You know, this this is so sweet. There's so many times Stephen's like, look at that guy driving his own tractor around. Like, what a sweet life that guy has. His little downtown over here looks like there's three bars. Um, they have a grocery store. And I'm sure he's growing his own vegetables. And I Talk like, about healthy outdoors yeah, living. What's wrong with this life? Sometimes, I think sometimes we all get just a little too... I don't know what it is. You know, it used to be keeping up with the Joneses or something yeah. stupid. You know, that's what we're, the saying was when we were raised. Like you're trying to one up the next guy and you're trying to have the cooler car in the driveway or the bigger house or the fancier watch. Oh yeah. You need a Rolex or whatever it is. I don't you know, think that's that. That's not this. No, I know no, what no. you mean. It used to be that. That used to be that. So I still think there, there's, there's people that don't, think the way you know that just take a step back take a step back see what you can afford and make some changes what she's saying is that the, the phrase affordable housing has never been brought up since and it, it was uh it, it began around covid true around that time i don't i'm not saying it's a result of that but affordable housing is the result of raw supply and demand mm-hmm and so there's less demand in a rural community, so it's cheaper. There's more demand in an urban community, so it's more expensive. Mm -hmm. You yourself have control over how much money you make. Mm -hmm. Complete control over how much money you make and 90% control, I would argue 100% control on where you live. Mm -hmm. I've asked several people over, over the course of my entire professional life, you know, why do you live here? Right. Because I'm from Detroit. I grew up asking that question. Why, even to my parents, everybody, why do you live here? Right. And they'll say things like, well, this is where my family is. Or, yeah, you have control over that. Or I literally, one person's answer was, well, where did I get my dry cleaning done? So the problem is, it, there, there's, there seems to be this sentiment that someone is pushing the buttons in a control tower somewhere about how expensive the real estate is over here versus over there. And there's, there's not government manipulation on, on housing. Right. If there was, it would be called the projects, and those got all removed during the 70s because it was uh, not a, not a 
not a good environment for anyone living there or not living there. Right. And so you have control. For me, I'll end on this for this topic for me, but as a land investor, knowing about this, so it's, it's a personal thing for all of us, right? Where we can afford to live, but then also we need to think ahead about who our buyers are and what they're doing. So this, so even if you're like, I can do whatever I want, Joe, we're doing great, which I get. And I love that, but you need to be knowing and thinking about this because this is where you're going to be buying and selling land for a lot of people and maybe try to be ahead of it, you know, or just watch where they're going and, and watch where, where, where people are, are moving to and what they're trying to buy and queue up that land. Geez, Joe, that's the greatest way to end this topic. You know, we have, as land investors, have a total control over this. The statistics are everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can see where it's affordable and where it's not affordable, mm-hmm. or you can see where people are moving. Mm-hmm. Buy land there. Exactly. <laughs> Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. We're in Polk County, Wisconsin. No HOA. Now we got two properties. One's five, one's 3.3. Hopefully they're together. 48,000 bucks for both. Thinks we can sell them for 55 and 40. All right. So like 24, buying one for 24, oh, selling for go. 55 and 40. There you go. Okay. All right. Now I'm in. What? <laughs> like a kid right now. Nope. Don't like it. Don't like it. Oh, the green one. Anyway, yeah. The green one came well, up. The one that'll sell. That's the one I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Oh, my goodness. Oh boy. Okay. So, um, five acre has access there. The other one has go. I wanted to see where the other one was. It's got a road all in here. Yeah. That's the one. This guy. Uh Okay. So that's one. The 3.3 has legal access along the West line. So where's the 3.3 one? If you don't mind, can you click around? We're looking for 600. This is 800. I'm going to guess that. 600. Oh, you have to travel along there to get to the back one. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, it's more like a trail. It's more like a trail. Uh, wooded, power nearby, area developing, commuting distance to eastern uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. This is better than the Upper Peninsula. Okay. The only thing I'm not loving are the numbers. I think if I'm buying for 24 a piece and selling one for 55 and one for 40, I don't like those numbers. There's too much room for error. So... I would buy them both maybe for 20 combined because then I, then I can't goof up. Tell me what you think. That's I think my that there's a whole full-blown relatively newer subdivision here. And we're going to check the numbers on these houses where it's sold out. Okay. So this is in that sub. Yep. Okay. It's adjacent you, to the property. Okay. So I need to see, um, built in 58. Okay. So, and they paid 45,000 for it less than 10 years ago. That concerns me, even though it's now they say worth that. That's a best case scenario. On both of these properties, let's, I'm going to cut to the chase here. I can't. I'm going to say what Jill's thinking. You're paying retail. Yep. You need to pay twenty. It needs for to be both. twenty for both, and then everybody sleeps at night. Yeah, that's my final answer. That's what I think too, and I know that. Click on there. Let's see what the. Will you please open up the details? See if there's a price in there. So it might be there. You go seventy thousand and fourteen. Probably bought it new or no, no, it was built in the sixties. That's right. But said to the West, there's newer stuff. See, look at these over here. Those are nice. I want to see one of those. 66 and 02. We do due diligence differently. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of stuff differently. (laughs) Yep. Oh, it sold in 2019 for something great. And I didn't get to see it. Sorry. That wasn't it. 
No, no, no. You click whatever that was. Can you go back one more? There it is for 125. So that's a trailer. So that's adjacent on the other side, 2.81 acres. Sticking to my 20 for both. Yeah. Yep. Hey, if you didn't catch it last week, Jill announced the new dates for our career path fall. Uh, and so you can either announce them now or we can ask you to go back and take a look. Do you want to announce it now? Well, how about this? It's uh, it may or may not be open to the public at the moment. Oh, but... sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> I I always give the love to our our, our members first, but uh, uh, go check out the site. It's uh, go to landacademy.com forward slash career path, um, and on the landacademy.com website, there's a drop down that has career path dates. It has times. It tells you what it is. Basically, it's our eight week intense. High, it's our highest level coaching still done by Jack and I. Um, we're doing two more sessions this year. They're going to go concurrently in the fall, uh, September, October, November. And it's going to be, it's amazing. We, the results that are coming back from our current, mm -hmm. uh, well, really our alumni right now, we don't have a class going at the moment. So our alumni is staggering. We have repeat alumni people that come back too and do it even more than more than twice. They come back and do career path again because they get so much out of it. And it's uh, launched new products like uh, Land Academy Pro and other things that you'll hear more about. Do you have dates? Yeah, but not off the top of my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> End of September. <laughs> Let's take a, uh, another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek at it, go to landacademy.com. It's free. Okay. Robert wrote or texted in, Hi, I just joined your group, and my first question is, how do I find a good title company to work with? And do I find one near where I'm buying property, or is there a good title company that works nationwide on land deals? You want to go first or you want to go first? Go ahead. Okay. Been down this path, tried to do this path about doing just one company, like First American Title. Hey, let's just get in bed together. Well, theoretically, you know what I'm saying? Get in bed together. We're going to do, we're going to use you exclusively. I'm doing all these deals. My community's doing all these deals. That did not work. I'm like, we can get some great rate. I might circle back around. I'll tell you honestly, it's been five years since I was uh, working on this, but they just didn't understand it. I tried this and they didn't they didn't get it. What do you mean you're doing all these deals and you have all these people? I'm like, never mind. So here's what you do. So the first thing I would do since you're in our community, which is awesome, Robert, um, I would drop a note in Discord first with my peers and say, hey guys, I need a good title company or and a title agent in this county, this state. And you, there's a pretty good chance someone's gonna go, oh, call Sally over at, uh, you know, yep. at, uh, you know, your, your title companies are, uh, your title are us. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Anyway, and then you get, that's my favorite, a word of mouth. Somebody's used them. They understand us. They know how we roll, you know, cash and we're investors. Um, and there's going to be more coming at you kind of thing. So I would start there. And if no one comes back with one, then you just start picking up the phone and you're going to find a title company in the county and the area where you're buying the property, not where you are, where the property is, because that's where your seller is, because they're going to be working with them, uh, getting documents in and out, getting it recorded in that area and all that. So that's where you want to do. The conversation is a, is really easy. You're going to have a couple questions right off the bat. My first one is going to be how much does it cost and how fast can you close? 
Those are the two most important things I want you to cover. I want you to, to let them know that you're an investor. If this goes well, you're going to have more than one for them that you're going to be sending their way. This is the first one. And I want to know how fast are you guys taking. Remember, I'm an investor, super easy, buying for cash. There's no financing. Oh, and by the way, there's no agents involved. It's just myself and the seller. It's going to be your easiest deal ever. And then hopefully on the other end, the right title agent is going to go, oh, whew, I've worked with you guys before. This is great. You may not have to deal with a bank and I don't have to deal with an agent or a broker. Awesome. Great. I could do that in about, right now I'm running about oh, 14 days. You'd be like, so if I presented something on the first, we could close, you know, by the 15th or give her, you know, something like that, you know, you could start getting technical there and lock them in when you have one. But they're like, yeah, totally. I can do two weeks on these things. No problem with title insurance. Don't think about it. That's what you do. And then you kind of, there's more to it, but that gets you going and there's really yeah. three, one of three ways to handle this. Number one, if you're brand new or a DIY type person, you want to find a, a title agent, like Jill said, close to the property. Mm -hmm. And one that's hopefully maybe recommended by the recorder at the county where it'll be recorded. Mm -hmm. Number that's two uh, is what we do, which is we've gotten big enough and we do a lot of deals. So Jill uh, hired a tra her transaction coordinator. Her name's Jan. And she does all of our deals, so she will, if we buy a piece of property in, in Florida, she will seek out. We never talk to anybody in Florida. We only talk to Jan. And Jan seeks that. She puts it all together, whether we're doing real estate deals in 19 states. She handles it all, so we only talk to her. The third way is join LA uh, Land Academy Pro. And then you get to utilize our employees, so you don't have to go out and do this stuff. Uh, so if you are in career path or a career path alumni at some point <clears throat> you will be able to it's closed right now we're full but that's the the best of both worlds because it's a lot cheaper and easier than hiring your own person cool today's second topic the role of marketing in modern land flipping by Jill. that's not by me <laughs> I, I should just get up. It looks like you're standing up to walk away. You're like, get up oh my and God, leave. I should do that. That would be hilarious. Like, the, the watch the numbers improve on the show. Uh -huh. <laughs> there he goes. There, once again, welcome to my world. No, I was just going to talk about, you know, so marketing and land flipping, right? This is what we do. So first let me describe what I used to do and let me describe what I do now. Okay, this is awesome. So here's what I used to do. Back in the day, it was me, right? It was you, it, first it was you, then it was your people, company changes, then it was me, and now it's somebody else. I'm gonna get to that. But I'm gonna talk about me. So I don't know, five, 10 years ago, I learned from Jack, what do good photos look like? Do I go out and take my own photos? No, but I know how to hire somebody. I know what to tell them what to look like. I know what, I would give them a laundry list of photos of I want this angle, that angle, looking from here, looking from there. I want blue sky. I want no snow on the ground. I want the town. Like there was a lot. The role in marketing was writing my own description, writing my own title, getting my own photos, getting my own drone shots. Um, even back then, drones weren't even a big thing. It was really just photo photos. Now it's so easy to get one guy to do it all. But And then getting it posted. Oh, and by the way, I had to take all the calls inbound, all the people asking all the questions. And the more they asked the same question, I had to go back and update the posting. And I would have it on our website. I'd have it every darn website I could think of. 
I would have it in social media. I would have it on flat rate MLS listings. I mean, basically the point is I did it, right? We had to do it ourselves. Let me fast forward to today. So today, and I wrote down a note here. Yep, we are eating our own words. Because <laughs> this came up uh, this week. Uh, someone was asking me some point blank questions in on the let's Land Academy ladies, but it's soon to be Land Academy W. That's it. We are Land Academy W. We officially voted. That's it. We love it. So it's Land Academy women. Like ESPNW, by the way, that's where I stole it. So um, we are now not doing any of that. I am baking in on all of my deals somebody else to sell the property to me, for me, I should say. And it, it they are brokers and they are agents. So I will spend more time now, extra time. What's How's my time spent? Not with a photographer, not with a drone guy, not writing the description, not doing this. Now my time is spent while my property's in escrow, getting ready to close. I am trolling all the brokers in that area. I'm seeing, I'm on all the land selling websites and just regular, you know, Realtor Zillow. I'm finding my favorites with who has recent sold properties that are just like mine in my area. I like the numbers. I'm looking at, at how fast they did the transaction. I'm looking at their listings. I'm looking at what they wrote. I'm looking at the photographs and then I'm calling those guys. So by the time my property closes, and I can do this in one afternoon, by the way. It's not like I'm spending weeks on this. One afternoon, I'm sitting down. If I don't have one already, I'm like, well, now I need to find a guy to sell this property, and I've got more coming in this area, so let's let's see. Who do I want to start with? I'm going to call like three or four brokers, see who answers the phone, see how we communicate, see what the commissions are like, you know, how we connect. I've already seen their work, so I wouldn't have called them anyway if I didn't know they couldn't do it in that area because I've done it, and I like their work. So it's really now how we connect, and then I want to find out too, hey, by the way, what do you think you could sell this for and how fast do you think you could sell it? You know, it's that kind of a thing. And I'm letting them do it. Like, oh, whoa, 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 Jack and Jill. Hold on a moment. I've been binge listening to you. And uh, in episode number 492, you were still cursing out brokers. Yeah, you're right. This is being Oh, eating. no, I still, we all still feel this the same way about brokers. <laughs> There's no change there. Well, there is some of that. There's just a couple good ones. You have to find them. There is some of that. There is still going to be stuff that's not perfect. But you know what? I accept it. I'll tell you even today, I just I just sent my transaction coordinator a note. We were we were uh, messaging back and forth this today, and I'm like, what is this stupid form <laughs> this person is asking me to sign? Yes, I know this is actually. And I'm like, I hadn't seen this before. I don't even understand the verbiage, but she's like, basically, you're signing because the buyer number one couldn't qualify. Remember you told me, I just talked about it, and buyer number two is moving into the lead position. I'm like, we really have to do a stupid form for this. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And I, and I wrote her and I'm like, this is why I would never survive if this was my job. Oh, I couldn't, I yeah, couldn't do crack. it. It would break me. I'd be, I'd re- go, I would yeah, be too, Joe. telling the state, I'd be putting my middle finger up to the state I'm licensed in saying, are you flipping kidding me? I got to do this form because this is yeah. ridiculous. So anyway, I couldn't do it. So, um, my point is, though, there are some good ones out there, and yeah, you're you were right in episode 492. <laughs> it's not 492 exactly. Actually, for the first some maybe for the first 800 episodes, <laughs> let's just from episode one to 898. <laughs> 
we were poo-pooing agents at all costs saying don't call them and now i'm like no no i i love them and they're great and you know what i bake them in but yeah. i bake in good ones 10 percent. you know what even less six to ten percent let's just say i've never paid more than ten percent so as little as three so here's the, here's the thing bake it into your costs and it, and it's not it's, it's a classic a, example of uh productive outsourcing mm-hmm. you know it, now you're removing maybe almost half of what you do for a living your workload and, and so you can concentrate on one thing which is buy undervalued land that's it and so if you can find or have your transaction coordinator find um and vet good land agents in the area you know you're you're theoretically going to do t- twice as many deals because you have that much more time to spend on finding a uh, great property. Can I give a little disclaimer here though? Land Academy Pro does not get agents for you. Yeah. That's one thing you need to do. But again, you can do that in two hours. Right. So thank you. But once you have that, we'll get, we'll get everything going. You yeah. Know? So you're good. Let's take a, another, let's take a look at another one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar in Gwinnett County, Georgia, two acres. We have access, everybody's alive. It's next to some houses and a school, good. No flood zone, partially cleared last year to pay for taxes, water at the street, purchase price 30,000. Thinks we can sell it for 70 to 80. Nearest comp is a little bit bigger, sold for 100,000 in 2021. I'm looking for something wrong now. Me too. That's the only thing I can. I don't see anything wrong with the dirt. Mm-mm. If you look at it from an A standpoint, access, heck yes, adjacent. Oh my gosh, yes. There's amazing stuff going on from an adjacent standpoint. Access, acreage. Let's see how many acres it is. Two acres in a, in a town here. That's good. We'll check about affordability last. Adjacent, it, it uh, passes our tests there. Attributes. I mean, just look at it. And alive. I'm loving it. I really don't have anything. I just. FEMA, the floodplain looks great. It's not in one. My only tech slope. My only my only questions are money and how many properties are for sale. So access can be created here really easily. It's just money. Mm-hmm. There's no real slope. Good. No guardrail. Nope. No problems like that. And I didn't see a whole lot of uh, property available that makes me concerned there too. Like we'll see here. Okay. I mean, um, just empty, empty lots in there. Like, oh no, no, not yeah. like, Which, not like seventy-five percent empty. There's still what some land. What means is a, is there a ton of property that's right. vacant and no? It doesn't look like a lot. This yeah. is these are all subdivisions. This okay. is super, super healthy. It's like, that's what I was gonna say. Here's Atlanta, by the way. This is a fantastic deal if it's buildable. What's the price on it? Thirty. Jeez, how could this fail? I know. Small uh, piece of in, uh, potential into the lot, 30,000, one acre, 69, uh, two acres, 650, all cut up, which is maybe an example of what you could do with this property. Are these priced a little high right now too? Because, okay. okay. I was I would say those are lowest days on market. So I was hoping that that concerns me, but they probably, that does, cons- well, it's one acre for 60. That concerns me. Could have some problems. Towards the bottom of the lake. Okay. Price cut, just like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. See, one's for 15, one's for 30. Why is that? 140 days, 118 days. Um, so Carl, you know, he's a, it's Carl's career path, right? Uh-huh. So why is one for 15 and one for 30? I wonder what your, uh, can you let us know what your concern is and why this, of all the property deals that you're doing, why, uh, what, what are you on the fence about here? Because these, like, look at this property here. This is way the heck out there. This is not, this is an infill lot. Like this house, 345. 
and you're paying $30,000 for a property that's a lot larger. That passes the 10% test. How about the same size. size? You know what? That's my only concern right now, Carl and Sam. I'm also questioning, I hate to say it, I'd feel better if it were 20. 30's assuming a lot. I could screw it all up and it only sell it for 40. Yeah. That's my concern. Versus selling it for, you know, 30 to 60, which is what you're shooting for. You still could sell it for 40 and get out, but mm -hmm. see what the local agents say. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I just, I just want a little cheaper, especially the way things are going right now. Price cut time. Purchase price cut. That's my new thing. I'm going to leave it at that. It's a purchase price cut. Wait. Jill, you have something inspirational to share. Yes. From Land Academy W. I love that now. I'm totally going to get some swag. We're going to get a logo and some swag coming. So hang on, hang on, everybody. It's really cool. So um, we we were talking about, we alternate every uh, month what our topics are. We get together at the beginning of every month and connect. And it's our community. And we go between a real technical thing to a mindset. We flip-flop from technical issues to mindset issues every other month. And this month, June, was a mindset issue. And we were talking about um, being productive and and not getting hung up on um, stuff, you know, things getting in your way. And one of the things that, that we talked about that came out of this was, you know, are you rewarding yourself along the way? So for me, I kind of dangle a carrot to myself and give myself little rewards when I follow through with things and I stick to my schedule and I get things done and I sell properties, you know, and things close. I remember, I'll never forget the, we have this career path member from either session three or four. I don't remember which it is, but he, uh, you know, He's working real hard, you know, for his family. This is their, this is their gig. And he might have a day job too. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, he, when a property closes, here's what he did for his wife. Because his wife is picking up some of the slack with the kids and some of the responsibilities, you know, around the house. So he brings, he found, he, she has a very good taste in wine. So he bought a case of her favorite wine. So every time a property closes, what are you working on here? my topic after you. Oh, okay. Got it. So every time a property closes, he brings out a bottle of her favorite wine. I want you to participate in this if you can. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the reward and she gets excited. So every time it closes, she sees a bottle of wine coming out and she goes, oh, ding, ding. You know, I know this is working. This is our reward. I know this is going well for our family. So, so that's one way of doing it. For me, I do personal little treats for myself, which is I'm a, I'm a, I'm a massage person. I'm a spa day person. I'm a, that kind of a reward person. So whatever it is to you, we talked about, again, this is Land Academy W. So we talked about get a house cleaner, you know, do some things. What I think too, is like something like that. It's not only a reward, like I never have to clean my house again, but also it's, Hey, it's saving time and energy for me. So I'm focused on this other stuff too. So I want to make sure that you're rewarding yourself along the way. I think it helps keep you motivated. I think it's a little bit of a celebration too. I mean, why not? If you're not celebrating yourself and, and celebrating your, your individual company, celebrating your deals, celebrating your wins, then why are you here? You know, I know you want to get this big bank balance, but you know, I want you to celebrate little things along the way. 
because uh, I think it'll keep you going. Men don't have this. At all. Nope. Oh, hold on, Mother. What about the men goes. going out and having some beers, me, like celebrating? That's like going to that. happen anyway. Oh. That's going to happen. Oh, on even Friday if you have a bad Saturday. day, you're going to oh, go yeah. out and celebrate that. Even more. <laughs> Not celebrate, but. Okay. Alcohol is the cause of and the problem in their. <laughs> Here we go again. This is, is this an Al Anon? <laughs> Girls, men are different. Uh, what do you look, guys do? Do you ever, do you, if you're old, if you're our age or older, um, during daytime TV, uh, the six times you watched it in your entire life, you remember that Calgon commercial. Calgon, take me away. This is what Jill's talking about. Now what you see is these commercials for chocolate. Just take a little moment out of your day and have treat yourself. Oh, right like a lint chocolate, chocolate or the or dove. See, she knows even the brands. <laughs> you don't see, you know, have a Budweiser during the middle of the day. You don't see that and you won't. Men are, men playing the long game. And so at the end of oh. the year, they might say, Wow, it's a pretty good year. I did 13 deals. I made about 780,000 bucks. I'm going to go buy a new truck. Okay. And, well, that counts too. I'm going to pay the taxes on it. All right. And I'm going to pay the taxes on the year. And I'm put a half a million bucks into the bank and slam it towards my goal of uh, $9 million to retire. And so it's not a daily little pat on the back. I need a little break. I never said mine was. No. Well, I don't. Oh, I know. It, it, it happens annually, and it happens in a big way. It's not. It's you know, men are are penny wise and pound foolish. Sweetie, you are agreeing with me. You don't know that. <laughs> no, I'm but, not. Okay. I don't because I don't have a little chocolate during the day. No, and, and that's and not. I don't, and I don't ha- clink my glass of wine. And how you know. about this? I'm trying to say whatever it is to you. I brought up my version of it. You're sharing your version of it. Okay. It's all the same thing. Okay. Now I'll be realistic. So she asked me a question, and I answered it. Yeah. And she didn't like the answer. No, you did. How are you rewarding or yourself along the way? she twisted it around and make it make sure no. it fit like in, in that. In the- no, uh, no, so, no. Seriously, babe, I'm. I liked your answer, and that okay. was good. You informed me that we don't need those things. We and I'm sure there's a lot of women that feel that way too. There's probably there may be guys that do. Maybe they go golfing. I take Tuesday off. Whatever. I don't. They're know. gonna do that anyway. Well, okay. But you, I'm sure there's some women that do the your way too. At the end of the year, I'm buying, I'm doing, maybe I'm doing this vacation. Now my family, we can do this. Maybe we're going to go do something. I'm not, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you here at all. I just think men are different in general. Not all men. Well, not all women. Well, however it sings to you, I hope you, whether it's in a monthly treat as you close a deal or at the end of the year, Whatever it is that you reward yourself or you've got something to motivate you like that, that you work so hard for, that you let yourself do it, buy it, have it. I hope you're doing that because I think that helps. Yep. Sheesh. That was <laughs> difficult. <laughs> well, what do you have to share with Men us <laughs> today? <laughs> Men don't. Men are afraid of rewarding themselves. Rewarding. They're afraid of getting out of a groove and rewarding themselves because it makes them soft. Got it. I, I, I don't speak on behalf of all men, but most of the guys I know are like, yeah, let's just wait till let's, let's see this, the whole thing out. And then let's, let's celebrate when we're good. You know, let me give you an example. Are we still talking about this? Oh boy. What do you think a coach says in the middle of a hockey period? You know, if the team scored two goals and the other team scored three goals, he doesn't say great job on those two goals. No, only Ted Lasso says that. Everybody else says you're an idiot. (laughs) Everybody else, every other locker room is you losers. No. Yeah. But Ted Lasso is like, are you having fun? Oh my gosh. Is that what that show's about? Kind of. So it's... that's why it's for girls. Oh, stop it. Because you had to wait till the end of the hockey game. 
<laughs> it really end of the series and end of the season and to really start to celebrate, I think. Okay. Can we move on? Sure. All right. Are we still using this term, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. I didn't know if we were still promoting that. Do you have something man planish to share? I do. Okay. Mine's called uh, rating the eight ingredients needed to succeed in land flipping in order of importance. Uh, this is a direct question in the most recent career path um, by one of the guys in there. And he, you know, because he's, he's kind of new at this and he's in a massive planning stage. And he said, oh, you keep talking about these eight things you have to do uh, in, the, in the anatomy of a, a land transaction. Mm-hmm. You know, which one's more important? Which ones are important? This is going to be a whole show, you realize that. We're, we're going to turn this into another sure. show. Here's, the, here's the one through eight in order of occurrence. Okay. And then we'll talk about importance. Finding a place to send mail. I call that trolling. And there's a real specific way that I do it. And we talk about it in Land Academy um, in an incredible amount of detail. Once you've found a place in, in to send mail and you've tested it and you believe it's uh, great, it, it will work for buying undervalued property and reselling it for more, you send a direct mail campaign out. You send a mailer out. We call it a mailer. You price it correctly. It's usually around 15 to 30% of the actual retail value of land that's been active or sold in that area. So you, number two is you send a mailer out. You price it and send it out. Number three is you manage the inbound traffic from that mailer. So all the thousands and thousands of offers go out. Some people call in and say, uh, go pound sand. Some people say, you know what? I've been thinking about selling that property, but the offer you made, uh, that $30,000 offer, if you make it 35000 bucks, I'll think about it. And then finally, number three is, oh my gosh, you read my mind. I, I signed your offer and sent it back. I do want to, I want to sell. So there's a, a huge, that's a moment of truth in our business. This is uh, step number three. Number four is, all right. I sent the mailer out. I've got six, seven, eight, maybe deals uh, to look at. And they're all staring me in front of my desk. I'm not going to buy all of them because there's going to be some flaws. So we apply this to call due diligence. We apply the six or seven A's that Jill and I have developed. Six, right, six, seven was supposed to be asphalt because it's on. Because it's silly, but it's funny. We don't yeah. need seven. And so you, you go through due diligence and you actually decide based on um, hard facts whether or not you want to buy the property. Number, that's number four. Number five, you actually buy the properties you want. Number six, you manage the sale of it. So now you bought it, you prep, and then you're going through this manage the management portion of the sale. Like we've talked about earlier, you find the right real estate agent, you get the right escrow agent, and on and on and on. Number seven is you sell the darn thing, you know, which usually involves you clicking the back of your ballpoint pen and signing your name a bunch of times. It doesn't take a lot of time. And number eight, finally, is repeat over and over and over again until you have enough money and you don't have to do it or don't want to do it anymore. So the person who asked this question in our career path group is a very statistically minded person and he's in this heavily planning for how many mailers yield an acquisition of those acquisitions and on and on and endless questions like that, which I understand. You know, in the planning stages, when budgeting stage, you want to get a handle on it. And so he asked, "What? let's rate them in order of importance. To which I immediately responded, they're all essential. Every single one. Oh. Every single one. If you, number one, if you don't find the right place to send mail and True. it's not supported by data, it's supported about uh, by feelings or throwing darts at a board in your office, that's not good. It's going to fail. 
if you, then if you don't send a mailer, nothing's going to happen. Number that two, that'll fail. Yep. Number three, which is what Jill does, and I can't exp- express this enough because it was it changed my life permanently. <laughs> the person that's answering your phone and putting these deals together needs to have some type of magic about them, which is what Jill has. So I did pretty well at it for a lot of years, many, 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 many years. Very, you know, well enough to do it on the back of a yacht. When Jill and I joined forces, yeah, my jaw was on the the desk for at least a year about how she handled. And I never said, Jill, handle it this way. Or maybe you should do this over here. She just did it. It's like you were born with it. I was. And so this is critical. You know, you can get away with, you can get away with, like I did, kind of being a dud on the phone. But if you have somebody like Jill. Can I write a note for myself? um, You're going to smash it out of the park. But if you don't send the mail out, which is what I do in, the, in our relationship, she's not even going to have the opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, to shine. So in the fourth one, you look, you know, you're staring at those five or six deals or ten deals that came in out of the mailer, you know. And if you choose all the wrong ones that don't have access or whatever one of the A's are, they're fatally flawed. You're gonna have a real tough time reselling them for more. Mm-hmm. If you don't pull the trigger, number five, and buy the ones actually buy them this happens with people they get little cold feet not going to happen if you don't get the right real estate broker number six and manage that sale and manage that broker or agent uh, uh, until you they find a buyer fatal number seven you net just don't sell it mm-hmm. you buy a ton of property and, and you just kind of i've had this problem personally i'm really good at acquisitions and not really interested in selling anything that's not good and number eight, if you don't do that second mailer, it was all just for nothing. You just made a, a few, you know, 10, 20, 30, maybe 100,000 bucks one time and you didn't repeat. Mm-hmm. Excellent. There's eight components to this and uh, all kidding aside, they're all imperative. Keeps a lot of people out of this business, which is what I love. Me too. Don't forget, you can reach us for questions and help simply by texting 480-530-7383. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode, because you are not alone in your real estate ambition. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. 